imagine, if you will, somebody that it's probably a middle child. And this middle child, the older sibling has a good job at the factory. And the younger child is daddy's favorite. And the middle child really badly wants to be mommy's favorite. But, you know, mommy really, really wants a fourth child. And this person also is really good at catching catfish. That's an Auburn fan. <laughs> wow. Noodling or by, with, a, with a pole? Why would you use a pole when you have a fist? <laughs> sure. In the second week of the 2019 college football playoff rankings, the Georgia Bulldogs, yes, your Georgia Bulldogs, find themselves sitting at number four and ahead of Alabama, who checks in at number five. Surely the quality wins for Georgia this year far outweigh that ugly, awful loss in the committee's eyes. And it's good to see that aggressive scheduling by UGA paying off in more ways than simply setting attendance records at Sanford Stadium. And obviously, the situation is very fluid. The dogs still have three regular season games remaining, and the first one will be a true test this weekend down at Jordan-Hare Stadium versus the Auburn Tigers, and that's what we're here to podcast about today. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 208 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, as we break down what we think the dogs need to do in order to keep their championship aspirations alive. And of course, towards the end of the show, we jump into some buy or sell, a little bit of Georgia-Auburn trivia, there's podcast reviews, and we have a new leader in the race for Fun Office Pools champion, and he's here live <laughs> to brag about it. So sit back and enjoy episode 208. Here's Tony to get us started. So we have Auburn this week. Is Do I have that right? You do. That is correct. Um, I discovered something interesting about Auburn this week that I had no idea. Of course, but I wanted to see who all the assistant coaches were because we hear about uh, Patrick Nix, who's actually not on the – he's not on the sideline staff. It's Bo Nix's dad. Yeah, he, used to coach, he coached for Tech, didn't he? Uh, he he's coached many, many places. <laughs> okay. Um, because I wanted to make sure Rodney Gardner was still there so I could make some Rodney Gardner's towel uh, jokes. But Cadillac Williams is their running back coach. Oh, really? Carnell Williams. I thought he was still in the league somewhere. But uh, he, alas, he is not. He is their running backs coach, which you know, is a good place to need to jump off since they like to run the football. <laughs> um, I do want to take a minute. You know, we, we danced around a little bit um, this, I think, in the good, bad, and ugly or whatever it was, good, bad, and something else. Uh, you talked about Alabama's playoffs hopes. Um, I don't know if you saw, there were some odds came out today. Georgia actually has better odds than Alabama to make the college football playoff. Which, which I have to say makes sense to me. Total sense, total sense. I, I mean, I don't know if Georgia's going to go in theater or not. We went all the way out. I don't, think, I don't know if they're going to all the way out or not, but... Well, they have, I, a, they have a pathway that involves them doing something active rather than needing things to happen. And hoping everything falls through. Yeah, yeah. And which, like, which got, because my wife and I had this conversation, what, how, what's the path for Alabama? She's like, Alabama's getting blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't know. I don't think so. It requires actually a lot of weird stuff to happen for yeah. them to even get it. Yeah. yeah. Because look at it this way. You have an Oklahoma team that's looked shaky, right? You have a Baylor team that's looked shaky. One of those two is going to win the Big 12. It's possible Oklahoma wins it with two losses, right? They lose to Baylor, but turn around and beat Baylor. I think Baylor. you want to split. You want to right. split that's, between those that, And that's, that's, the path, right. that's one of the paths for Alabama. But they also got to have, I think, Oregon right. and or Utah 
lose. They, they need two big things to happen. Right. And either some combination of it, whether it's Oregon and Utah losing, Clemson losing, or a split, or Clemson losing, or or Ohio State losing to Penn State, and Penn State beating Minnesota. Other way so, around. Yeah. No, Minnesota, Ohio State beat Minnesota. Penn State lost to Minnesota this week. No, I'm sorry, Penn State. I'm sorry, Penn State beating Ohio State. Right, and then and then Minnesota beating Penn State. You want to go ahead and project how Illinois can play a fly in the ointment and all this? They can still make the, the Big Ten West. Did you see this? I saw that. Uh, you sent it to us. Yeah. He, what he what is the win. scenario? Here's the scenario. I'm sorry for the record. I did not do this. Scott brought this up first. I'm I'm fine with that. But there is in fact a scenario where Illinois can still make the. Big Ten Championship game. It requires Illinois, who is off this week, so theoretically that should keep us not talking about Illinois so much, but no. And then Illinois needs to beat Iowa and Northwestern. Minnesota needs to lose out, which is Iowa, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. And Wisconsin needs to lose to either Purdue or Nebraska or not part. both. That's crazy. <laughs> if that happens, Illinois wins the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten West. Some stuff could happen. But, um, but, but, but they're getting back to Alabama. It's, yeah. you know, but... The thing is, is what we Scott, you and I were talking about this. What happens if Georgia beats LSU, and what do they do? Essentially, what you're doing is making a choice between a non-conference champion, conference championship loser, LSU, the team that LSU beat in Alabama, or some combination of Pac-12 champion Oregon or Utah, and some combination of an undefeated Baylor or one loss Baylor or one loss Oklahoma. But as a Big 12 champion, can Alabama so good? Yeah, we, I mean, this is college football. We've seen crazier things happen. LSU won a national championship losing to Arkansas and Kentucky. So, you know, things can happen. But the path for Alabama is is more tenuous than Georgia's, and Vegas agrees. Yeah, the, go watch the um, ESPN, what, eight-minute documentary mini-doc mini on the 2007 season mm-hmm. when West Virginia had it all in their Palm of their hand, they lost to Pittsburgh at home. Yeah. Well, well, and, and the key thing to remember, too, and the committee claims this is the way they think about it, it's because the mistake that people make is they're like, well, if two teams have one loss, it really just matters which loss is more damaging. Like, like that's not how they do it. Worry about wins. Worry about wins. And that is where Alabama is in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Alabama is in trouble. Now, you look at Alabama, you're like, wow, they lost to LSU. That's the number one team in the country. That's a much better loss than Georgia's loss. But that will not be how they look at it. They'll look at it as Alabama's best win is. <laughs> I mean, probably Auburn at the end of the season. Yeah, Auburn or Texas A&M. Right? But it, yeah. yeah, but at, I mean, and we'll get to the Georgia-Auburn game, but hopefully they'll be at least a three-loss team. Right, right. right. Um, and that's the thing. Whereas, whereas Georgia, of course, has Notre Dame. We'll have Auburn. Florida. We'll have Florida. And, and we'll have theoretically Texas A&M as well. So yeah. to me, that, and again, that's what they claim that they do. And Georgia they go Tech. by wins. Oh, no. Right, sorry. Uh, they claim that they are by wins. We will see if that is, in fact, the case. But certainly— Isn't the, the chairman, Oregon's— Yes. Athletic director. Yeah. He claims he leads the room. I'm sure he does leave the room, but yeah. Come on. Guys, I'm going now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a good podcast. I'm who winking would, who at would y'all. think anything would be untoward in uh, involving Oregon, Oregon and, uh, and Nike and professional sports? Yeah. Well, um, anyway, we're off topic. Um, the point none of this really matters uh, if Georgia loses another game, in which yeah. case, like that, that is one way that Alabama does have an advantage uh, over Georgia is, uh, I think, um, um, we still, we still think that Georgia can win this thing, but um, I'm not as bullish as y'all are. I'm not. I see Auburn staring us in the face down at Jordan Hare. I remember what happened two years ago. I remember what's happened in the past twenty years that I've been following it. Um, unless it's a noon kickoff at Auburn, uh, then all bets are off because that crowd 
What time is the kickoff? It's at three thirty. Well, two thirty local. Well, let's not forget too that remember remember how both those games went two years ago. Uh, obviously, Georgia was pretty bad from the beginning. Remember how the Alabama game went? Yeah, Alabama had that game where all of a sudden Alabama was just making all these insane mm-hmm. mistakes that you never see Alabama. It was like make. voodoo. Yeah, they like they like fumbled a punt snap. They uh, snap I've, on I've the never punt. seen Tua fumble when it was unprompted. Yeah. Oh wait. Well, <laughs> he did that on uh, Saturday. I think that was Jalen. But yes. Uh, oh, no, no. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. He fumbled right. a ball running into the end zone. That's right. Like, that's right. Like Vince Wilfork fumbled. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so that's what I mean that, like, this Georgia, I feel like, got wiped out. I got out the right, by right fat guy, right? Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. Georgia got wiped out by, by Auburn two years ago. Yeah. Alabama had weird stuff yeah, happen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because the crowd's crazy there. Yeah. To be fair, and I, you guys, I've not been to Auburn, so you guys will have to instruct me if I'm incorrect about this. There was a vibe with Auburn two years they ago. They had a going mojo. Into that they game. definitely did. Even going into those games. Yes. That they had something special brewing. They were yeah. hot. They were on a roll. They really felt like they, the ball was rolling downhill. And you could see that in not just the Georgia game, but the Alabama game. Auburn is not a bad team. They stretch the imagination. Let's see I how, don't get that vibe from them. Let's see how they did last week. It says here they beat Ole Miss by six points. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was it at home or away? I didn't even that catch that. does not sound like rolling to me. It was at home. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. When you look at their schedule, when you look at I mean, a lot, a lot of hay has been made out of them about them barely losing to LSU 23-20. I mean, look at the stats in the game. LSU just housed them. LSU got stopped inside the five-yard line one time and then turn the ball over again uh, at the goal line, which is a which is huge, right? Their home schedule, they've whipped up Mississippi State. They whipped up on Mississippi. Oh, wait a minute. No, they did not whip up Mississippi. I keep messing that up. <laughs> they whipped up on Kent State, and Tulane strangely gave them a decent game. <laughs> um, so, you know, on the road, they've, they've you know, they, they beat Arkansas. And I'm getting to work in okay. Arkansas, which puts them in line with, with Western Kentucky. Right. Um, Oregon's probably the best defense they played this season up to this point. And I posit that Oregon, I mean, the stats are very even in that game, but I posit that Oregon outplayed Auburn. Having watched that game, I just think, I, I mean, I, Oregon had them on the ropes and Auburn, frankly, Auburn. I mean, and that's the problem with Auburn is they, in back to back games, they had two of the top 10 plays of the decade. Of the decade we're currently in, right? Um, and, and one of them was purely because you knocked the ball down, uh, and others because Nick Saban yes. is really, really jealous of time, and he is, and in prior life he wanted to be Doctor Doctor No. Yeah. I, I I think it's worth noting too that on one hand we can say well they really they have, they had the ball rolling downhill uh, a couple of years ago. It's also worth noting they've been on the road for like a month, right? Like until that Mississippi game, they were on the road. They had three road games. It's weird. They're actually ending with four. Straight home games, which is kind of weird. Yeah, this is the last time we're playing them in November. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Sorry, they traded out LSU yes. for us. Um, but uh, that's you, you don't want them looking ahead to Samford here. But uh, but nevertheless, oh Samford, not Stanford. No, Samford, yeah. yeah. Samford, Samford. Well, you know those Bulldogs are good. They're good. Um, so to me, like it, I think that's the thing. Is on one hand, it doesn't feel like one of those Auburn teams. Uh, that said, but <laughs> yeah, that said, yeah. I mean, this is also just kind of getting started for them, right? That like. This is 
Listen, Auburn is not many. They they had two losses going into the games against Auburn. They were being talked about two years ago as being a team that would make it with two losses, and they would have. Oh, they beat Georgia as as a championship game. Yeah, beat Georgia twice in Alabama. Sure, absolutely. So I don't think that's really in the cards this year. No, but yeah, you know the thing. The thing about Auburn is that, and this almost feels right. Auburn. Auburn plays stout defense. They played just a good, just enough good run offense to win ball games. Um, their defense is, I mean, statistically on par with Missouri and Florida's. Uh, I'm sorry, their defense is statistically on par with with Missouri and Florida's. Their offense. Uh, the problem with their offense is that at any given moment. Look, Gus Malzahn runs a kitchen sink offense, right? He wants everything to run through the quarterback. He's going, they're going to run the ball out of 19 different looks. There will be a point in this game where me making fun of Notre Dame players could come back and haunt me because they will try to hurry up. They will try to get in a hurry. The key for Georgia, the key for Georgia in this game is to get Auburn out balance early with their shifts and their different, multi, their different looks up front, which they did against Florida. I mean, if you remember Florida's first drive, they took two timeouts and had two key penalties. Now, they still converted for one of them, but the next one they weren't able to convert after. Um, and that was all because we Lanning kept throwing different looks at Florida from up front. Um, and you're going to have to do that with Auburn. The problem with Auburn is that they're probably more competent at running the football than than Florida was. And you, uh, you know, the thing you have to look out with them is that they are always looking to, to bump somebody outside, whether it's, whether it's Booby Whitlow or what's the other guy's name? I can't remember his name. Cam Martin, yeah. So this year they have a quarterback in Bo Nix who is – he's a freshman. He will absolutely make a freshman play at some point in this game. Uh, and, frankly, we, we probably ought to count on that and hope, hope he does make more than one because he makes two or three. That makes this game almost easy. I don't think this game's going to be easy, but when you sit down and think about what Florida, I'm sorry, what Auburn wants to do, and then on on offense versus what Georgia wants to do on defense, I mean they've scored like they're in the top five in rushing touchdowns in the nation because they're such a run heavy offense. Well, I mean, this is power meets power in, in a weird way because when Auburn has the football, they're going to want to run the ball and. We've shown the ability to, to to match up real well with that. The other concern I have when they have the football is that they do have a couple of receivers, Schwartz, Schwartz being one of them. We haven't seen that uh, Georgia biting on double move in a couple of games. Is uh, he the guy that holds the land speed record in track or something like that? Uh, Fastest I mean, man he, Yeah, he's college I mean, football. I mean, he is no um, – God, what's the kid that just signed for Georgia? Um not Matthew, Matthew Lanning. Bowling. Matthew Bowling. Matthew Lanning is is no relation to Dan <laughs> Lanning. You can't prove otherwise. Matthew Bowling. No, no but he's he's like a Mikko Hardman that can yeah he's blow a burner. The, blow the lid super off. burner. Yeah. Um, Mikko had a touchdown this week. Yes, he did. Yeah, he I got did. double points because because uh, you also Mahomes. Yeah, you have Mahomes. Yeah. Um, That's one thing nobody nobody wants to hear about your golf score or your fantasy football or your NCAA uh, March Madness picks. Yes. Yeah, they do like hearing about politics though. Oh, no, people love about politics. We'll get to that. Oh, we will. I'm going to let you talk about it. I'll talk about it. And we should – are we going to talk about fun office pools? Yeah, we'll do that too. Okay. It'll come up. But no, I um, – <laughs> Yay! This is the thing though is that like this is – if you are Georgia, the big knock against, against Georgia's defense has been, yeah, sure, it's been awesome. They keep getting backup quarterbacks after backup quarterback after backup quarterback. Everything is going to fall in their way and therefore they've been able to stack against the run because – 
there, no one really trusts the quarterback to be able to throw very far. To be fair, they lost to one of those backup quarterbacks. So again, we all know that's not actually what happened. They I won. still say Helensky's a better quarterback yeah. than Bailey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, but more to the point. Uh, and Trask then, now that I think about it. And Franks. so to me, I would, say, I would say this, is that like Auburn, I suspect, is going to want to avoid putting Knicks in situations where he makes those mistakes. Yep. This is also a reminder, by the way, of just how freaking magical Jake Fromm was two years ago. Like, I really feel like we don't quite appreciate enough how good he was as a true freshman. I mean, basically, I mean, it's wild, right? Like, how many times did he make those mistakes? Yeah, yeah, you, you bring up a good point. I wonder how much of his looking different this season, let's call it that, yeah. is now because he... He knows the playbook so much more and are trusting more. I mean, look, I know the people, there's going to be some people yelling at your radio or your phone or whatever it is, like, we run a simpler offense than we did then. I don't know that's true. Yeah. There are times where Fromm doesn't drive into his throws. He didn't step. He didn't step. He trusts his arm too this much. This was a big thing that uh, Greasy talked about on the uh, podcast yep. this week. Yeah, and there are times, and I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that. I, um, but the, I, when I first noticed it was the, the, the throw to Wolf in the end zone where he clearly left the ball behind Wolf. And they were easy, it was able to talk away. Wolf had to come down here near his hip. He throws that ball in front of him as a touchdown. Easy peasy touchdown. Um, so I went back and watched the Florida game, or parts of the Florida game. That if we forget on that first drive, he came within a Nats hair throwing an interception, an ugly interception early, trying to reach probably Jackson. I think it was Jackson Robertson down the left sideline. He didn't step into that throw. I mean, he wasn't pressured. He just didn't. He just yeah. he just whipped it, yeah. right? He was tr- trying to trust his arm too much. And it doesn't feel anymore, even with Cager Hurt, that it's a matter of, oh, he just doesn't trust his receivers enough. Oh. Like, something's up. Something's well, up. Well, I think, I think what's up, and if I had to guess, if you were to, like, get the right people to talk about it, I think what's up is that he saves the playbook. They want him to do certain things, and there are other things he wants to do, and he, frankly, is... He's thinking too much. I mean, somebody needs to put Crash Davis in there. Somebody needs mm-hmm. to put a garter on him and tell him for the Rose goes a front bit guy. <laughs> and just like to breathe through his eyelids. I mean, they really do I mean, need honestly, this somebody to do that. The, the, he's obviously he's not he's not been terrible. I think it gets over. He's been, he's been, he's very been good. perfectly fine. He's just not been Jake Fromm. Like he just hasn't. And even in the games where he's been efficient or has has uh, been accurate, it's there's been games where he's looked pretty good, but like he hasn't been that guy. He I mean, hasn't been that guy. Right, but even last week where he had a, several throws that looked bad, he also had spectacular throws. Again, but that, but again, that's not you know that, that's how you would also describe Jacob Eason. Like the whole like Jake Fromm thing is he's supposed to not he's supposed to be the guy you don't worry about. Yeah, he's supposed to be the one that you're set on. He's not, he's not the one that you're like oh well he had this great throw so don't worry about these bad throws. He's not purple. He's not you know, purple red, color. black color. You know, and like the whole thing with <laughs> Fromm is that he doesn't make big mistakes. He hasn't made big mistakes, but he's been. Can I show you a South Carolina game? Tinnitus. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it's been tinnitus. obviously that, that was a big mistake. Yeah. But like generally speaking, those even though we see he's not he's not played that well, he hasn't made a lot of those. I don't, and this continues to be the worry because let's say this game is low scoring. Mm-hmm. Let's say this game is um, a situation where Auburn is willing to. It feels like they're going to manball. Want to try to manball this up themselves. Yeah. So eventually, when the game is tight, weird things happen when games are tight. 
And you're going to need Fromm to do that. I trust Fromm, obviously, more than I trust Knicks to do that. But it is weird to say that when we're talking about Knicks, we're like, well, he's clearly going to make freshman mistakes. He's clearly, this is me bringing it full circle, by the way. Um, you know he's going to make freshman mistakes, and he'll, those will be gone by his junior year. I had to say, Jake Fromm looks like a worse quarterback than he was his freshman year. And not a bad quarterback to any stretch of the imagination, but he doesn't have that. Put it this way. We've talked about, we've talked in the past a lot about how he does the flip with the ball. Um, freshman year and most of his sophomore year, that felt cocky. That felt like gunslinger. That felt like he's just so much in control of this game. It's starting to feel like a tick now. And I think that is what feels like the difference. He's still a good quarterback. I still, I still the guy. I still think he's a perfect fit, and he's still a guy that you trust because you've seen him done it before. I think it's, I mean, it's week 12. <laughs> like, it's literally week 12. And they have not needed him to bail them out like they have had in the past. When they get to that point, I'm worried when, when it comes. To, I don't know if they're going to need to do that in Auburn, but it's getting to the time where he's, it's coming. And we'd, it would be nice to see that Jake Fromm again. And this is not to say he's been bad or why isn't Justin Fields here or anything like that at all. It's just he hasn't been the guy that he was. Like, I'll put it this way. Freshman year, he had one bad game. Auburn. He had the one bad game against Auburn. Last year, he kind of had one bad game against LSU. This year, two bad games? Three bad games? Yeah. Uh, that's a quarter a couple, of the game. A couple. Yeah. yeah. And, and then one you can play like... Yeah, and this, I, I'm not going to classify the Missouri game as a bad game. He didn't have a high percentage, but they won 27. Right, right. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to say they had a bad game that day. He just hasn't looked like Jake Fromm. And eventually, if Georgia is going to make this run that we all want them to make, and if, and this is the toughest game on the schedule, you're going to need him to be Jake Fromm. And uh, now would be an excellent time to start. It would not hurt my feelings. <laughs> I know I asked you this last week, and I really enjoyed your answer, so I'm going to pose it to you again. How does Georgia offensively attack that stout uh, Auburn defensive line? Because, I mean, they've, they've got a guy up there who's at number – is it Brown? Brown. He could have He could have been a top-five pick last year. At least that's what a lot of people say, and he's out there, uh, you know, kind of holding down the forward on the defensive line. And I think that's where Auburn has made its press this year is their stout defensive line, linebacker play. Uh, so how does Georgia attack it when, you know, to Will's point, yeah. I mean, people could say, hey, quit downgrading from, but he was 13 to 29 with 150-something yards last week. Um, how do they approach it versus what was frustrating us earlier in the year? Well, I think the first thing that you'll see is we'll see more um, more runs to the outside. I tell you, we saw some more of those both traditional toss sweeps and quick pitches Um there was a play we ran that was a misdirection that went to Harrion where Fromm looked like he was going to toss sweep to mm-hmm, Swift, mm-hmm. and he just kind of like half stepped back the other way and flipped the ball out to Harrion. That was the one that got reviewed. Uh, they they ended up calling it like a third of a yard short or whatever they called it, but that was a sweet little play. They ran to the short side, which I thought was interesting. Um, they also – they I could see them flipping that play, um, running exactly the same thing but tossing to, to Swift because – if you toss that ball to Swift and he's only got to beat one person on the edge, that's 25 or 30 yards easy before the safety catches him. Maybe they've uh, banked that play that worked so well for Swift in the SEC championship game two years ago. Right, right. I think that's a possibility. Uh, the other thing is that we ran 
like the first or second play from scrimmage, we ran a, a, a play that went for no yards, but it ended up being a handoff to Swift. But basically, they it almost looked like a Canadian football play where they <laughs> brought a guy back around the mm-hmm. line from, like mm-hmm. the yo-yo guy you see in Canadian League football, except he wasn't in motion. Um, that would have you put somebody you put um, Cook on that on that play or, or or Jackson or Robinson a speedster that plays that plays good for eight or ten yards. You basically neutralize it by going around him. You're not going to – I mean, we're still going to run the ball at the middle. We're Georgia. That's what we do. But it will be interesting to see why Coley and uh, Smart lets Coley call that allows Georgia to run the ball on the edges and outside. Um, actually, I think we'll see fewer outside zone reads um, just because – I mean, the book on Georgia – it hasn't worked the past two games, but the book on Georgia is what South Carolina did, right? You're going to play cover one high. You're going to play one safety high. You're going to press at the line on the receivers, um, and you're going to put the rest of the guys in the box. Um, Auburn's going to be able to cheat a little bit because Derek Brown can essentially do – he can play with his hand on the ground and be a linebacker and be that fast, which will which allows some flexibility for um, Kevin Steele to do some things that that Georgia can exploit. But you have to be careful about. But don't you think uh, Isaiah Wilson and Ben Cleveland can neutralize Brown? I think eventually Wilson got his legs under him. He struggled early with um, Zaniga. Against Florida, um, obviously they had a really good game against Missouri. The only time I think the only time Fromm got sacked was a corner blitz that just got did not get picked up. A couple times he got hurried were corner blitzes, and that's the other thing Auburn is probably pretty good at. I mean they're not going to quite do the emotional third down emotional blitzes that Grantham does, but Steele does like to bring pressure. The good news is, it's like if you can get a quarterback that feels a, start feeling a rhythm, you can exploit that in given a. The choice between the quarterbacks, two quarterbacks to be playing, Bo Nix and Jake Fromm. I mean, I like we've seen proof that Jake Fromm can do that. Um, defensively, um, you know, I think we'll still do everything we've done. We'll disguise coverages. We'll essentially bring seven guys up and then drop anywhere from one to three back into coverage. The, the good news is, is I mean, they have a good tight end, but they don't have a, a Pitt, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, that's his name. Whoever it was for Florida, or um, Albert O. type, or even Cole Komet type oh, tight yeah. end. I got crushed this right for Notre Dame. that uh, that that those teams did. Right. It's been a while since it's been a thing. I mean, that was a real thing to be in the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We and and which gets yeah. me to the last point is, I was kind of tough on. on on um, DJ Daniel because he was playing corner out there. He's gotten progressively better. Uh, he is playing at SEC caliber, a cornerback level, and we have that entire backfield's now gotten mostly other than what Tyson Campbell uh, has gotten healthy, which is you know which is good. I mean we yeah. we tackled so soundly against Auburn. I'm sorry against Missouri and against Florida. Tackled so soundly. Um, Lacant played fantastic pass defense in both he's games. Coming, man. He's, you think he's, he's like, now turned into the player that Kirby always thought he would be? Well, I think I, you brought up a you brought up a good point. I want to talk about Pickens in a minute. Um, that he I, I think I think Lacant is finally playing within. I think LeCount's finally playing within the system in a way instead of freelancing. I think part of what LeCount, I mean, look, LeCount always, 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 I mean, he's from, you know, he's from down in South Georgia where, I mean, he played <laughs> in the same region at, that Stetson Bennett did. Right. Stetson Bennett played against him in high school. Um, and LeCount was always able to freelance because he just was that much better, that much faster, that sort of thing. And I think it's taken a couple of years to get that out of him. Um, he still has that ability, right? But you, um, 
there comes a point where that's all well and good, but everybody's that guy in the SEC. I mean, the interception was amazing. Uh, the return was even better. Well, the return was fantastic, but the interception was amazing. He was basically playing single high cover on safety. He, he basically, in the split second after the hike, realized where the play was going, adjusted, ran to his left 20 yards, and jumped the route. It was a really athletic play. You know he's playing like? He's playing like Mika Fitzpatrick. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah I'm work. fine with that. Right? Um, which gets me to um, now playing within yourself gets me to Pickens. Um, I had totally forgotten that Pickens was a, had been committed to Auburn for two years. One of the things I think that Coach Smart talked about with Pickens, and I think some of the stuff he was saying is because you you brought up the, you know, mm-hmm. the diva type receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a little bit of that. We saw it in the first game, right? He picked up a, a personal foul, and I think against maybe Arky State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was at home, so it must have been Arky State or Murray State. We saw the, the bit in Everybody Drink Seth Emerson's story this week. Yep. Right? He kept trying to catch the ball with one hand. Yep. <laughs> and when he, when he caught the ball with two hands, he clearly pointed to the sideline and be like, look, I used both hands. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly they've been on him all year. Yeah. So I am a little worried about Armoring getting to him. I'm a little worried about oh, Armoring getting to him. A little chirping. A little chirping. I hope. Um, and people actually addressed it this week. I think um, maybe it was LeCount uh, was talking about it. That we will hold him accountable. We'll get, we'll keep him in the game. You know, one of the things that can stall a drive when you have a, an offense like Georgia, which I think is enormously efficient but not terribly explosive, is is fifteen dumb yards or even worse, negating a long play mm. on a penalty that wasn't there in one play um, mm. this this week. But negating a long play because you can't keep your mouth closed until you get to the sideline. Though, again, this would be the type of thing that I think a lot of people would be frustrated about this Georgia offense. Georgia has too much talent to where two and tw- second and 25 should be like a, as big of a problem as it is. Because it is a problem. It if is Georgia, a problem. Georgia right now, the way the offense is going, second and 25 is a huge It's a hole. big deal. It's a big deal. In a way that it didn't feel like a huge hole, say, two years ago or even at times last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've... we've Improve some of that in the Florida and Missouri game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were second along a couple of times, and it's hard to say. I mean, we've come a long way since early August or late August when we're like slinging the ball around the yard, right? the The thing about that I want out of this game for our offense is to stay ahead of the chains as much as possible. Don't make dumb penalties because we've had two long touchdowns called back on penalties, um, and we could debate whether or not either of those were penalties, but they were called. Um, and then in in the third instance, when we get something working, don't take your foot off the gas. And I understand Kirby really wants to eat time of clock, time of possession, eat the clock. When we've gone with pace, we've been good. And no it, question, they've been good when they've gone on pace. Yeah, and, and clearly, you saw Swift talking earlier in the year. They love playing it. Yep, like the players love playing it. And I understand what they have to do. You don't want to go pace against Missouri when you're up. No, there. you don't need to. Like, there's no right. need to do that. But but there were a couple there were a couple times yeah. where there's been a couple times this year where we've gone pace gone pace gone pace and either shot ourselves in the foot with dumb penalties South Carolina right. game or took our foot off the gas make it to the thirty yard line right. which or had another team a player on the other team pretend they were hurt like their name on several occasions yeah by the way Auburn's really good at that yeah That's, they're yeah. not terrible at that yeah um, no I'm, I'm talking about playing at pace yeah. and also falling down yeah yes. they did that um, versus LSU yeah yeah so you know I think we'll get to an actual predictions in a minute the thing about this game that scares me is that this is the sort of game where i think well you're right that if you if georgia and auburn play the kind of game that we think they'll play which 
is you know kind of a plotting. Let's let's just grind it out, time of possession, keep them out of the end zone game. You don't provide yourself a lot of cushion. It's almost like Virginia playing basketball, right? You don't provide yourself a lot of cushion, especially when you get in a one possession game. The thing that heartens me is that if that's the game we go in, I think we're better on offense and defense. And I would close on this for, our, for this little preview. It would be, what's the best game that Georgia's played this year? Is it still Arkansas State? I mean, to me, it would probably be Florida because of how dominant they were. And then if you could just trade out maybe two of those hot rod field goals for touchdowns, well, then it's a blowout. Yeah, but point they, they didn't have that. No, it didn't. Florida had a chance to drive late. They had, they don't get that past the wolf. But, but remember what we said? We said we, it was never in doubt. It was one of those feelings. Yes. South Carolina for th- two and a half quarters felt. But that felt terrible. It felt terrible, but it also didn't feel in doubt. Okay, in doubt's the wrong way to put it. I still thought Georgia was going to win that game. We all thought that Georgia was going to win. I didn't. You really thought they were going to lose in the third quarter? Yeah, I thought Georgia yeah. was playing bad. In the Thinking third quarter. back, I mean, I didn't. I, I, uh, I certainly wasn't feeling cocky, but I did not think they were going to lose. No, no. But I mean, if I compare my feelings watching that Florida game in the third quarter versus watching that yes. South Carolina game, I felt that it was I completely with. different on the spectrum. I'll agree with that, though. I think part of that is. You, you always feel a little better when you're pushing Florida around as opposed to, hey, we should be destroying South but, uh, Carolina but, what, and you're not. But old Scott would have been like like Larry Munson, like we, we, we should have gotten seven on that. Instead, we got three and we're only up by, what, six or however many at that right. point. So, well, basically what, what I'm trying to say is last year, we remember I had to write the big – I always go back to when I had to write the piece before the SC Championship game be like, mm-hmm. guys, Georgia could actually – I know no one's as excited about this as they were in last year's SC Championship game, but, like, this is really exciting and they've got a chance to win and get excited because this team is actually starting to play better, and they were. They were, they were improving every game after LSU until the SEC Championship game last year. I think that team felt – they didn't feel like 17's team, but they felt – Better. They felt like they were playing better. They felt like they were improving heading into that game. This would be the time to start doing that. We can debate whether it's Florida. We can debate whether it's Arkansas State. I still think it's Arkansas State. That was the game where you watch and you're like, remember Arkansas State's, well, they get a chance to win. Like, how are they? Arkansas State's pretty good this year. Are they? What would, what would you like to see Georgia do to make you feel that way? I would like to see a, if Georgia is a national championship contender, and is getting all the things that have been worrying us about this team figured out. And if they're never mind national championship contender, can they beat LSU, who looks like an incredible team right now? Obviously, I'm not. No one's going to complain about a 27-0 win, but clearly there were points left on there. Mm-hmm. Points that you're not going to be able to leave on there against LSU. Oh yeah, completely. You're going to want. And I know. I know. Doing that. Well, if you do that against LSU, it's not going to work. Game will. Anytime that makes no enjoyment of any game that you play ever. But like, so I, I don't, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that like Arkansas state to me was a purely enjoyable game because Georgia did what it was supposed to do. After Arkansas state, we're like, wow, this team, I feel like this team is going to win every game and go into the championship game undefeated. And then after that, they were, there were a couple wobbles and then you didn't see them as dominant. I, I think if this is the thing that we all want Georgia to be, you need to see Auburn is good. They are not great. 
This is a game where I, I think you want to see you assert yourselves because you're going to have to if you like, we can all be excited, like, hey, let's just get through Auburn and get through Texas A&M and stop Georgia Tech, obviously. And then you get to the SEC championship game and then we'll see what happens. I want to see the ball start rolling downhill the way I think we kind of saw it last year going into Atlanta. So if Georgia beats Auburn the same way they beat Missouri, how will you feel? I'll feel great. Okay. But you feel like that your rubric has been met. I would think so. If you beat if you beat them twenty seven nothing, you're going to have to play at a higher level of quality than you played against Missouri. Okay, okay. and that makes sense, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, right. But you yeah. still you leave points on the board. You, you yeah, set but, up a field goal. Yeah, but like okay. to keep them to zero and to score twenty seven is going to be more difficult to do against Auburn okay. than it was against Missouri. Agreed. So yeah, I'm not saying they have to play a perfect game. Right. Okay, but if you win this game twenty seven nothing. I okay. I, things are going the right way. Yeah, I just wanted to see how. I just wanted to see how the framing. What the framing? Yeah, is. that's the framing. Okay, yeah. because it's, you know, look and listen. Whatever. If they if they if they beat them twenty seven fourteen, but it's like it's the way the Florida game is. Except they don't even get that thing at the end where they get a chance to come back. That's cool too. I'm down with that too. But I'd like to see. And again, LSU was hardly blew out Auburn either, as we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. but. Right now, that tier of can this team compete with that team that we all just saw that LSU is? Compete with them? Yeah, but beat them, I don't think so. And you'd like to see things that start pointing you in that potential direction. Well, then, to answer your question, I would say that based uh, opponent adjusted, Notre Dame's the best game to play. And the reason I say that is that yeah, yeah, I know Notre Dame got blown out by Michigan, and I think that has everything to do with the fact that that uh, that Brian Kelly has no idea how to coach on the ring. Um, but I, I still think they lose against Michigan. But yeah, just your game plan. I mean, look, there's there is there's something to be said for Georgia, like again, what they did against Kentucky, right? I'm not saying quality, most highest quality win. Just I'm saying test. the best game. That's Arkansas State. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Obviously, the highest quality win is not. Beating Arkansas State, but no. the game, the game where you're like, oh, the, everything's clicking, and obviously you expect them to beat Arkansas State. They were dominant in every single aspect of the game in that game. And I, I do want to talk about two little things before we go into me talking about me dominating front office polls. <laughs> um, the uh, and we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I okay, think it will come good. up. We did a couple of things this week that I haven't seen us do in a while, and that is return punts. Well, no, it's been a couple weeks that they've been doing that. Don't don't make me feel bad about things. I'm so happy. And Kermada, right? He had a great. Um, that's your wife's. It's for the game. The um, we used, we used yeah. that last week. The I, I had to help. Oh, it's bourbon. The, his yeah. wife got very thirsty during the game. Scott's <laughs> wife got very thirsty during the game. It was weird. Okay, <laughs> just side note. Uh, we walked into the show this week, and because I was, I ended up sitting next uh, to Jennifer during the game. And uh, and I walk in, and Scott's like, "Hey Jennifer, there's your buddy. There's your." Buddy. And I was feeling so flattered. I was like, "Well, I'm just so charming and awesome. How can I'm everybody? I'm America's buddy." Uh, but uh, apparently, no. Apparently, it's just because I had I had the flask. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I mean, Jennifer, she when enjoyed you your in, heavy pours. I, yeah, when when, there's, when you, you walked know, in, okay. Jennifer did look a, just a touch like um, somebody was Jones in. I mean, Here she did start comes thumping. My start thumping. Or something. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was was that was that too much? I don't know. Um, I'll just I'll just mute it down to where people are like, "What did he say?" What is oddly say? specific? Yeah, oddly specific. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of thump. <laughs> what, was, what was Bukowski's thing? Throbbing purple. <laughs> so, Jake Kermada, speaking of. Um, he had two punts inside the 20. I mean, like, I don't know. Does he get comeback player of the year so far? Yes. Yes, I thought we are going to have to bring Bryce Ramsey out of retirement for a while. Um, the Ray Guy, Ray guy finalist, semifinalist. Um, no, look. When you look at SP Plus with Bill Conley's numbers, Georgia is number two in defense behind Ohio State. We're number three in special teams. Um, and despite everybody, you know, oh, the offense, we're top 15 in offense. Um, but special teams has been significantly better over the past couple of games. Um, in a game where I think you're probably closer to right with the man ball thing on both sides of the ball special teams can play a part in this game in a way out beyond just hitting field goals and the field position is going to matter yeah. it's also been a while since Camarda had one of those shanks <laughs> it has been a while why would you bring that up yeah no it was it, it was Kentucky yeah and Blaylock's done a good job back there he returned a couple early in the game and then he started fair catching and I completely agree when he fair caught the ones that he chose he's making good catch. decisions yes yeah. Right, as opposed to uh, as opposed to run the Greyhound every time, which is sending Logan Gray out to fair catch everything. Yeah. I would like to see a punt or kick return. Those are just it's the lost art. You just, I mean, Fred Gibson used to take one back. Todd Gurley, you know, even Hardman and Isaiah McKenzie. But after, I mean, name somebody else has taken a kick or a punt back. Yeah, but it's funny. they're not putting DeAndre Swift back there like they put Todd Gurley back there. Like I'd, like, well, Todd Gurley's a special back. Imagine what Swift would be like returning. Kick some feels like they're maybe he can't catch the ball when it's kick yeah. high. Maybe they're protecting him because he's yeah. Awesome. I challenged you, DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, bring it. I'm sorry. I thought someone was good at football. Maybe not. I mean, the, the, he's really good at commitment. Who's the, who's the greatest uh, college kick returner, punt returner you've ever seen? In person? Well, just no, not in person, but just because mm. someone ha- comes Desmond to mind. Howard? Desmond Howard, uh, probably, probably Deion, DeSant- uh, Deion Sanders. Okay, I was thinking a little bit more recently. I'm older uh, than you, though. The Honey Badger. That guy. Oh yeah, Tyron Matthew. That yeah, guy. I mean, was, he, remember how Georgia when they played him? I can't in the, talk about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember. I saw it. I think there were nine Desmond missed Howard's tackles yeah, on that. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. yeah, that's just, Billy White shoes Johnson. Oh, yeah. Billy, that's, that's oh. yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, it takes me back. For some, the record, for the record, Billy White shoes Johnson was a big deal, even if you were not from Georgia. Okay, like, Billy White shoes Johnson was awesome. I thought you were going to say he played at Illinois. He did not play at Illinois. Former Falcons quarterback Kirk Kidner did though. As did former Falcons quarterback Jeff George. What was I going to say? Somewhere my dad has a VHS tape, and he has many VHS tapes of uh, Is your Billy dad White. okay? He hasn't called. No, I talked to him earlier. Uh, Billy White, who's scoring the winning touchdown versus the San Francisco Giants. He has the live feed, like recording as it was happening. It's I need to find that because it's just one of those things where it just takes you back. And then he's also got a highlight of Jeff Hollinger back when he did sports, doing the highlights of uh, – Dale Murphy, Brett Butler, and Claudel Washington all sliding into home like back to back to back for the Braves to win back in like '83. <laughs> uh, Brett Butler, courage under fire, good show. Yeah. yeah. He, who was he traded for? Um, Brett Butler and Brooke Jacoby. Ooh, I know for this. I know this. Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. No. Lynn Barker. Oh, okay. That's Which good. was a complete dud. Because it was after Barker had done the perfect game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. little Braves uh, history trivia for you. So we've got choices today. We have buy or sell. We have trivia. 
We have podcast reviews. We have bowl projections and fun office pools. Let's start with bowl projections. I feel like this is a good time to start with. Yeah. yeah. You and I have talked about this. So if Illinois plays in the piss rap bowl, are you going? This is a, a uh, current point of contention in the Leach family household. I'm glad it is because it is a little bit in the Waller. Yes. Okay. It's a little bit of one. Uh, it's because it's 27th. Yes. And it's at 130, which I would argue... Another factor, uh, one thing I would argue makes it better because you can get there, just stay at the hotel and come back next morning. Yep. Uh, another factor, though, is that, like, my son was, William, who's the one, of course, wants to go, um, was born in New York and has not been back to New York since we moved. So we've talked about, like, making a big trip of that when we finally do it. Okay. So doing the pinstripe ball is harder. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, CBS projection this week mm-hmm. for the Illinois ball game. Mm-hmm. CBS projection had Illinois... In the TechSlayer.com in Jackson, Vegas. in Jacksonville on January 2nd against your Tennessee Volunteers. Dude. That is the new Dude. hope. Dude. <laughs> that I will I totally go to that That game. I can go to. And uh, so Pinstripe Bowl is up in the air, but if they make a lot of orange. Bowl, Although your orange is better than orange. Is a orange is a lot better than that. I mean, in, in trust somebody that wore their orange, uh, Illinois orange, it is so much better. It's kind of fascinating, too. Like, I feel like Tennessee is an interest. Like, it's kind of an interesting team. Dude, to that play. would be amazing. That would be an interesting team to play. And I have to say, if Illinois beats Tennessee, you guys can never, ever let them forget it. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. We'll make a special uh, short-run podcast edition T-shirt of something about it that. It used to be back in the day that the Big Ten and the SEC play each other in a ton of teen ball games. Yeah, Georgia now, played Wisconsin yeah. 32 years ago. And now there's like one or two. Like, it's hard, it's yeah. hard to actually find them now. Yeah, yeah. it feels like we played Wisconsin and Purdue twice a year. Yeah. It, it happened. Yeah. It was legit. Yeah. So, yeah, you, uh, you, you nailed it. You've obviously been looking at the – I wrote down the Illinois Bowl projections in Georgia, and it's either pinstripe and then that one outlier of Tennessee and the Gator Ball. The, the pinstripe opponents are multiple where some have Pitt, Louisville, Washington State. Oh, that's Redbox. That's Redbox. Redbox is also a possibility. Yeah. Redbox we're definitely not going to. Yeah. Because that team, is, that, team, that team was boring for the national championship game. I can't imagine how boring it would be for the Redbox Bowl. Yeah, so uh, Vatek Sporting News has uh, UNC. Virginia, that, Tech. Virginia Tech might win the division. <laughs> yeah, they. But most of them, I most of them I've seen seem to have pinstripe. Yeah, seems to be the one. Yeah, that's, that's the the consensus. And if Georgia does not make the college football playoff, it looks ball. like it's going to be either Orange versus Wake or yeah. Virginia Tech. You're getting the crappy ACC yep. team or Sugar versus Oklahoma. Uh, LSU. I mean, Alabama's playing the Sugar Bowl. I just I just do not see them putting anybody but Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I mean, it's Al- yeah. Alabama makes the playoffs. But. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, I'm curious what would we what would we do about a Georgia Wake Forest Orange Bowl? I've never been to the Orange Bowl, so if my wife lets me, I will go. It just feels like a total like. Well, we'll get there. We don't want to. We don't want to start pulling the TCU uh, Liberty Bowl card. Yeah, but I mean, like I like. I mean, everybody year, wants sugar- a cool opponent. Yeah, and you know, I mean, also it's tickets will be cheap, guys. It's the Orange Bowl, like the Orange Bowl's like. Well, it was awesome when it was played in the Orange Bowl. Now it's played at Sun Met Life Stadium, no Hard Rock Rock. Hotel Casino. It's not even near the casino. They got a partial roof on it now. Okay, but I, I, I was disappointed in people not getting excited about Georgia, Texas. They will 
definitely not be excited about Georgia Wake Forest. I did see the one, the, the only outlier from everything we've discussed, and this would be kind of weird, and I'm sure the AD at both schools would block it, would be Virginia in the Orange Bowl. I saw Because that. we start with Virginia next year. I saw that. Actually, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they block it. You don't they, think so? No, they. I think, I think they, nobody they, wants that. But right. I don't think they would block. They would, it. I don't think they block it. I mean, you know, ESPN can build narrative around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last thing on the bowls is the playoff. It was a surprise to me to see kind of Oklahoma. The, they, I mean, they probably should have lost to Iowa State. Yeah. This is my. I was watching. We got back after the Georgia game and watched that with my friend Matt, uh, who is here from Missouri, future mayor of Columbia, Missouri, and. The, he did the same thing that everybody does when Iowa State went up to do that two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. You got to do it. You're the underdog. You got to... And, and the theory is... And Matt, Matt Brown, the other Matt Brown, not yeah. my sports owner, Matt Brown, not athletic Matt Brown, <clears throat> but SB Nation Matt Brown. No, I guess he's also athletic Matt Brown. doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is uh, that he, uh, uh, he made the argument... The, the, the idea is there are more possessions... And the more possessions there are, the more likely the worst team is to win. And therefore, if you can get it down to one play, you try to go for two. I reject this hypothesis under the idea that if you are an underdog, you have gotten there because weird things have happened or things have fallen your way. Mm -hmm. The idea to put yourself in the position where like now on one play where everybody in the stadium knows that this is all down on this one play I think rolling the dice on that play is actually wrong. I think what you do is you go into overtime where all sorts of strange things can happen as opposed to one play where everyone is focused and your actual physical disadvantages are actually more likely to come out than they would in like the weirdness of an overtime because you've got yourself in that point in the first place. I just know that if I were that coach, then we saw this earlier with Clemson this year. And they went for two, and it didn't work. Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina. And I would kick. I would kick. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think it also depends on the game flow, right? I, yeah. I think North Carolina probably made the right decision because they got a break to get in that situation. I would say it was on a I run, man. It was on a run, yeah. right? And uh, I, I'm not like I don't. I will not begrudge uh, Matt Campbell making that decision. I, I see what you're saying about it. Mm-hmm. Being not the best decision, but you know, if you, you put your junk on the table and see what happens. See, I know, but that, that again, people say that, but like it rarely works. It rarely works, and you put you work so hard, and everything has fallen just right for you to have the opportunity to pull off this historic upset, and you just put it on one play. Like I feel like people are like trying to do the put the balls on the table thing. When I think the smart play is actually to go to overtime and see what kind of weird stuff happens when you're on the twenty five yard line. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, before we jump in, got a couple of uh, these are older questions, but I thought they were valid. Um, you know, Georgia's playing Ohio State uh, in twenty thirty and twenty thirty one. Tony well, will be. I'll be on my next liver. <laughs> he will be a lot older than Will and myself. I mean, not a lot older. Not a lot older. The same amount older as I am now, proportionally even less. Yeah. Don't get snippy. All right, so proportionally even less. At Eric <laughs> underscore Street, and that's Street with an I, not an E. Well, it has an E, but there's an I after the E. Never mind. Um, he says, so if they decide to end the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville, the SEC rotation stays the same. 
The home schedule for that year would include Clemson, Ohio State, Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, and Georgia Tech for those two years. Guys, and he says, wow. Guys. Guys. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. No, I don't see a lot of noon games there. Nope. Although Georgia Tech's still going to be bad. But go back to the option by then. <laughs> Come all the way back around. We'll be around the option by then. I mean, listen, let's not forget. I mean, when Illinois was two and four, you're like, maybe they should bring in Army Coach. <laughs> right? <laughs> this so, is. Uh, Hi, Willie Fritz. This one comes from Tony's uh, friend out in New Mexico. Uh, Mr. Blue. Okay. He's the one that said, come visit him, I think, or why would you come out to New Mexico? He says, uh, at WSLS Podcast, enlighten me, because I've never been offered millions of dollars. If Georgia doesn't win the SEC, why is it assured Fromm is out? Somehow, Sony and Chubb stayed their senior years. No Rose Bowl without that duo. Shouldn't there be a little pressure for Fromm to stay for unfinished business? I don't think so. Not if he's targeted... Uh, first round draft. You're projected pick. top ten. You go. Yeah. Or top, uh, yeah. I, unless you're first, Derek first Brown. Round, first round. <laughs> yes. I don't think he's projected top ten. First round. He is projected top first round again in some markets. Some. Sure. Not all. Uh, but the problem is, is it's not like it's any easier next year because next year two is out. Justin Fields is out. I'm mean, not two is out. Uh, Justin Fields is out. Um, um, but Lawrence is out. Yeah. Like it's not like there's fewer great quarterbacks coming out that year. And this one came from Instagram at uh, Shano Bowling. He says, "Hello, gents, and LOL. What is our thoughts on why our other wide receivers are not getting the looks that Cager and Pickens are getting on the field? Does it really have to do with separation, or is it just a trust thing for Nick Fromm and not wanting or not waiting to make a mistake with the ball?" Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think this uh, it's a it's a little of both. I mean, there have been times where we have well designed plays where it's not separation, right? There have been times where people have gotten se- separation and Jake has has either already decided where he's going, or because he's pressured, he has to, to go ahead and try to force something in his first read. And then there have been times where it's like, you know what? I can make the the higher percentage play and guarantee myself ten yards versus. Let's, let's bite the whole apple. And I, I mean, we spent some time talking about it earlier in the podcast, but there's, there's something different, uh, whether that is thinking more, uh, I don't know. There is something different. And I, don't think, I think we're to the point of the season where we can acknowledge that without it being provocative. This one is the El Barrio section of our podcast where uh, the Heb on Instagram, he uh, sent us a direct message on Sunday he says, hey, y'all, where are y'all recording the postgame show today? My wife suggested we go to El Barrio this afternoon, and I'm thinking maybe I can get a twofer if y'all are there as well. <laughs> so I had to respond back saying that that would have been awesome. We had just recorded our uh, postgame uh, podcast, but uh, tell them that Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast sent you, and tweet us a pic. Yeah, come on, Adam. Step up. So uh, so we appreciate all of our listeners. Um, we've gotten quite a few pictures uh, of you know the menu and what's all It's like y'all are food bloggers or something now but uh but yeah we we are planning something eventually in the next couple of weeks to do a location and we're definitely gonna do something after the texas a&m this is right, what i was guys? gonna talk about yeah. now uh, i feel like uh, we should we should yeah, go, ahead and, know this. go ahead and announce it for those of you that remember last year after the georgia tech game right we went to the uh immediately disappearing uh place <laughs> it does downtown. not exist anymore uh i don't even remember what it was called 
But we, because this is, I think, where did we go two years before? Where did we go the year before that? Um, it was us and Jim south. Wood. Uh, yeah, bar, like south, bar, bar South. south yeah. No, and Carrie and, Carrie and Barry. Yeah, right? Carrie and Barry. Carrie and um, so we, it, it was not uh, well attended. Also, they had just lost to Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. So yeah. people were not in the best mood. Yeah. But last year, after they had, uh, after they had squashed, squashed, squashed. Um, so that was three years ago. Whenever it was. Yeah, we didn't do one. Yeah, we, did we didn't one do one two years ago. It was three years ago. yeah. So last year, we did After Georgia Tech came in, it was packed, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was a really, really great time. I think I also feel like uh, uh, my, my son, William, was obsessed with the Auburn-Alabama game and had like a lot of women coming by him and saying, oh, he's so cute. I mean, and he, he is still cute. brings it up all the he time. How obsessed he was! <laughs> yeah, he's like had his program in front of him. Anyway, the point is, is that for the record, I try to tell William people, girls will not find that cute in high school. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is that we are going to do a post game show, uh, not post game show, a post game gathering. After, after the after Texas, Texas A&M game, and we're finding out we're working on location. It will be in Athens somewhere because now we know it's a three thirty game, yeah. right? So it should be able to uh, to to get rolling a little bit. But we will do a post game thing. So if you are going to Texas A and M, we will be announcing on the podcast where it is. It is an open invite. Uh, eventually, we'll I do feel a scavenger like- hunt. Yeah, to find us. No, no, no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, but uh, y'all going to tell me where it is, right? I like the. To me, I find these parties actually a little bit of a gauge of the growth of the podcast, considering it was Jim and Carrie and Barry, and then uh, and yeah, nobody else. Yeah. And last year, there were a lot of people. If this keeps going well, I would imagine there'd be a lot of people this year. Eventually, we're going to have to have like an Eventbrite thing yeah. to get you guys uh, oh, through yeah. here. But uh, VIP section, yeah. Oh yeah, meet and greet beforehand. We'll play a private show. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I saw that they offered for the Black Crows. Uh, yeah, did you see yeah, the picture yeah, of the Black Crows. Yeah. By the way, they have aged. I'm sure that. they have. But, not, but they, they I, have. I picture they all look like Mick Mars from uh, Motley Crue. They look, <laughs> <laughs> I think they've lived harder but nicer <laughs> than they did. Um, <laughs> But, so uh, you met? Did you meet Beth, whom I work with? Yes, yes. So Beth, um, Beth knows the Black Rose. I mean, they started in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, she used to be in the music industry in Atlanta when she was a bright young Agnes Scott grad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and literally, all of the Black Rose, all of them, not just the brother, slept on the floor of her and her first husband's apartment. Um, the song she talks to angels uh, yeah. uh, allegedly is about some a little bit about her, right. like the whole like right. some stuff. So. Uh, she was mentioning a couple of weeks ago, it's like, hey, I think Chris Robinson and them yeah. are going to get back together and do something. And so they're playing Shake Your Money Maker. Like, that's the whole deal. Yeah, they're, they're, playing, the album, they're right? playing the album, right? They're playing the album. Right. Right. Right, 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 right. I used to be of the mind that's like, man, that'd be really cool. But now, uh, other than other than Isabel coming back to play with the Chargers, which won't happen. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's going to happen someday. Right. But playing the entire rock opera. Right, yeah. doing the entire dirty. Style. I feel like it, like that require. It, that's more Isbell deciding. Isbell takes a step down to do it, as opposed to the Chuggers. Well, I don't want to step down. There's just such different artists and right, do right, such right. different things now, right? right. So do Southern rock. I, I'm not saying the Chuggers are, are a step down. It's just that the bit that probably benefits the Chuggers more than it benefits Isbell. Maybe, point, I yeah. I don't know. Um, the the Chuggers have a very dedicated following. I know I am one of them, but I'm just saying that like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The yeah. point is, is um, um, I will be seeing Isabel after the George Auburn game, by the yeah. way. So if you happen to be at that show, look for me. I will be rhythmically swaying. Um, anyway, the point is, is after Texas A&M, 
We will announce it probably. Ho- hopefully, pro- post game. Certainly next week. We probably need to announce it the next show, right? So, like Sunday, post game Sunday. Yeah, no. we'll, we'll have it figured out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, so, we'll so. have it figured yeah. out. So if yeah, you, and look on your social media yeah. channels, guys. I but mean, when we'll, you are we'll there, but, when, but just know that if you are coming to Texas A and M, you, yes, you are invited to come uh, rock with us afterwards. That's right. And uh, the final bit of social media news, we finished our giveaway. Yeah, uh, Billy Joyner won, right? Billy Joyner. He still has not responded, so I don't know if he knows it or not. Maybe if he listens to this podcast, maybe do a wellness check on Billy. He's got a, a hotel night at a Hotel Indigo. We announced it today. I went up to I went up to Hotel Indigo, and Courtney was there, who helps with their social media. And she and I jumped on camera, and uh, we announced the winner of Billy Joyner. And then uh, Camille Russo... Uh, won the consolation prize, which I threw together at the last minute. It was a Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast t-shirt and a car sticker and a Hotel Indigo hat. So she's already responded. She's very excited to get it. And she actually just sent us a DM saying that she loves our podcast, makes her feel like it's, she's still back in Athens. Also, so, I feel like we obliged to point out that uh, I think when we did the live show, I mentioned that we were planning on, I was going to, me and my family were going to watch the game at the Hotel Indigo, the George Auburn game. Do not do that. There is a wedding there. <laughs> so Although, do not you, do that. If you crash weddings, it yeah. could be your thing. Yes, but no. do not do not do that. There's a people getting wedding getting married there. Obviously, the fact that they're getting married on a Georgia Auburn say yeah. game means they're probably not huge college football fans. My but my wife's doing a wedding this weekend. She's yeah. and uh, she just shakes her head. She's I, mean, I better not say that. Maybe her bride. I, I am glad your wife is making the monies. Yes, yes. yes. She's yeah. my bourbon buddy. That is right. <laughs> she is. All right. So we will get into. She's the door like, man, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but go out. Uh, Are go, they still talking? Come on, man. Well, I mean, he's burping. Come on, man. <laughs> go look at uh, the video we put up on our Twitter and Instagram. All right. Let's, one take. Let's do buy sell. I didn't even mess up. I saw that. I watched that video. You that was really good. Buy or sell. Next time Kirby faces Gus after Saturday will be when Arkansas visits Sanford Stadium in 2021. <laughs> Bye. Sell, <laughs> sell. I mean, look, Arkansas is going to make a run at him. and Yeah. yeah. He can buy himself six more years of, non, of, not, non, of, of not having to put up with Auburn people. <laughs> that is a compelling point. Okay, so Auburn has a war eagle named Tiger that does a pregame flight around Jordan-Hare Stadium. Buy or sell the pregame flight where it circles around and lands on the 50-yard line and eats a snack? Buy, but only if he runs into the glass and the sky sweets. <laughs> <laughs> sell because this is a lot less impressive of a trick than Auburn thinks it is. This is like a common thing that happens at Falconing. all across the country. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but like everyone at Auburn is like, Look, he's coming back. It's a bird that's flying, guys. He comes back. <laughs> it's like he likes people. Like it's uh, it's not a strange. It's not he a weird likes, thing. He likes raw meat and yeah. the person that feeds yeah. it to him. Yeah, it's, it's, he likes soil and green. Buy or sell <laughs> Auburn fans, and uh, for some reason that's all I wrote. <laughs> sell, sell. And Tony, can you describe? Say, there's a Pac-10 or a Pac-12 person that's just kind of auditing this podcast, seeing if they want to listen uh, further. Uh, can you describe to Pac-10 or Big Big 12, I'm getting messed up, listeners, the stereotypical Auburn bro? I'm looking okay. forward to this. Okay, so imagine, if you will, somebody that it's probably a middle child. And this middle child, the older sibling has a good job at the factory. 
And the younger child is daddy's favorite. And the middle child really badly wants to be mommy's favorite. But, you know, mommy really, really wants a fourth child. And this Shit, person, this is not even the middle child. This person, this person also is really good at catching catfish. That's an Auburn fan. <laughs> wow, noodling or by, with a with a pole? Why would you use a pole when you have a fist? <laughs> That's right. uh, this is uh, that's a good answer. I got dark. All right, buy or sell Guthrie's Chicken fast food. There are two Auburn locations. There are no longer any locations in Athens. Tony, I'm sure you're familiar with Guthrie's. Buy or sell Guthrie's. Bye. I've not been to Guthrie's. Guthrie's, is, it's, it's just... It's very good. It sounds good. Oh, my God, I miss Guthrie's. A gut box? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. How long has it been gone? Uh, so it, it used to be where Raising Cane's is now. Oh. Uh, do you like Raising Cane's? Not really. Well, Guthrie's is better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, buy or sell Popeye's chicken sandwich? Buy. I've not had it. Have you had it's it? It's amazing. Is it really? Yes. It's where, amazing. Where so did they have here's it? the thing. Everybody, there's all the stories about it. Somebody got shot in the Popeyes. <laughs> there was a fight in the Popeyes. Yes, yeah, Popeyes. What do you want? That was happening before the sandwich. Was a just, big deal. Now they're getting noticed. <laughs> no, it's very good. It is perfectly spiced. It's a lot of crunch. It came with the wrong sides. It's Popeyes. That's good. kind of their tagline. All right. Buy or sell Tumor's Corner tradition of rolling the trees or something out there. Look, I am really sorry Harvey Lee Updike poisoned the trees, right? But it's just, what are you doing? Yeah. I'll put it this way. If I were an Auburn fan, I think it's awesome. If I needed to, if I needed to, uh, an example of how people uh, are crazy about uh, college football down here, it's that everybody knows that dude's name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, 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 if the only thing I was known for is catching catfish, rolling an rolling oak tree would be awesome. Everybody knows that dude. I always liked uh, the line. I've heard it from multiple people, but I'll credit Logan Booker that Auburn is never anyone's first choice. Yeah. I mean, I mean com- even the lake pick Clemson. <laughs> Convicts. <laughs> Buy or sell. Auburn still owes Georgia a back-to-back home game in Sanford Stadium. You can't owe something that was just given to you because whatever. I can't. Yeah. No. Whatever. Uh, so. <laughs> Buy or sell realignment of Auburn to the SEC East. I mean, this is this is not simple buy or sell. Um, but yeah, I'm, whatever. I don't. I am so. I, Ten years ago, Tony had been like. No, we must keep the traditions and everything else. Yeah, but now, I mean, now Missouri is in the SEC, right? <laughs> right. But and we're 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 quickly coming to coming to the point where I think in ten years, by the time we play Ohio State, um, there's going we're going to have sixteen teams in the SEC. There's going to be four six four sixteen team uh, conferences, and we'll play Auburn every other year or something like that. So. Sell by who whatever. would you uh, uh, swap out? Uh, theoretically, you mean ad? Oh man, that's a lot longer conversation. No, if they I mean, went to the SEC, who would go to the SEC West? Um, nobody, nobody. You no, would... not in the sixteen teams. I mean, right now under under. Uh, that's easy. You put Missouri in the West and Auburn yeah. in the East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you let Alabama be Auburn's permanent. Yeah, cross crossover. Cross division. Yeah. yeah, and then you lose. But Tennessee and is Georgia. But, but, but the sticking point. The sticking point is Tennessee, Alabama. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey man, hey! I know. I have to say, they're signing October's big. But I mean, with Tennessee, At when when was it big? They, they they haven't won in years. Yeah, I have to say, would Tennessee really fight that hard to get the opportunity to lose? Man, they're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We yeah. don't have to play them anymore, right? 
All right, last buy or sell. Uh, buy or sell, Arkansas should have never fired Burt. Uh, yeah, of course they should have fired Burt. Had gone, yeah, I mean, he was a bad. fixture I mean, on this yeah, podcast it, it, for years. You throw out bad Burt. milk. You got to throw bad milk out. <laughs> you can't help you also bought It really milk. was falling apart at the end. By the way, I am, I am totally on board if Kirby wants to engage Chad Morris as an uh, Passing analyst, game coordinator? An, an analyst for $5 a year. <laughs> Let Arkansas pay him to coach for us. That's right. All right, let's jump into some trivia. All right, trivia. Last week, Georgia played Missouri. This Colum- is true. Columbia, yes, Missouri. agreed. We, s- we also established that Columbia, Missouri is the third farthest SEC outpost from Athens, Georgia. This week, Georgia plays at Auburn. Which is closer to Athens, Auburn or Columbia, South Carolina? Hmm, hold on, let me think. Yeah, I'm going to do the math on this too. I believe it is Columbia. Hold on. It's Auburn. Columbia, South Carolina is 170 miles from Athens. Auburn is 174 miles from Ah, Athens. So you forgot to carry the one. I did not carry the one. I'm a lawyer. I need, (laughs) that's why I have Wayne as my accountant. Okay. Row the boat is ranked number seven in the AP poll. When was the last time Minnesota was ranked in the AP top 10? 1904. No, it's 1959, but no. 1976. It was 1962. Hmm. Minnesota finished with a 6-2 and 1 final record and they were ranked 10th. A neat little piece of trivia, a University of Georgia law graduate and classmate of mine is now the president of the University of Minnesota. Hmm. Joan Gable. I don't know, I just want to share that. That's awesome. Indiana is ranked Don't in call me this for tickets, guys. week's <laughs> AP poll for the first time since Paul Lind was in the center square. <laughs> I'm saying, did they get ranked when Antoine Randall L was there? Ooh, that's uh, a good question. So that would have been that like would have been like 90, 92, 93, no, 94, like 99, yeah. right? Yeah. No, no, no. I was, I was in college when Randall Randall was, okay. was there. So 90, I'm going to say 95. I'll agree with that. 1994. Oh, so close. So it was when I was in college. It was in September of 1994, but they finished 6-5 and five and did not go to a bowl. Yeah, I think that was when Antron It was also that running back, Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah was so Bill Mallory I, the coach then? That sounds right. But I went to a, I went to an Indiana-Illinois game when I worked at U of I, and because my in-laws are Indiana fans. And they do this weird thing when you go first down. Everybody does their – they pump their hands because they're marching up the field. And I'm like – so I asked somebody, I said, what, are y'all, what are y'all doing? They're like, we're celebrating first downs. What do they do at Georgia? It's like, we wait to celebrate touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very Midwestern thing. All right. Speaking of Georgia. I actually don't hate Indiana football. I really? hate of course Indiana, Indiana basketball. basketball. Yeah. But I don't hate Indiana You'd probably just feel sorry for them. I'm, I, Illinois feels sorry for no one. Um, and, but, on the football. Yeah, yeah. On the football grid. Like, I hate Iowa in football. Uh, okay. But I don't. I have really no vice with any. They're also in the other division, so well, cool. and they're precious. Yeah, it's cute. All right, breaking away is a really good. Speaking of Georgia, Georgia leads the all-time series versus Auburn, 59, 56 and eight. Georgia's up by three games in the overall series. When was the last time Georgia had a three-game lead in the all-time series? Before they gained it last year. When was the previous time? I'm not going to look at. I'm not going to look at my notes because. Um, let's see here. Because it's in there? I'm sure it is. I can do the math. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. 
Let's see, it was not there. Was it 10. No, 9. Hmm? 2009. No, it was before then. 1991. No, it's before then. It was like 9. 4. 2004. 1984. 1984? 1984 was the last time Georgia held a three-game lead in the series because Auburn won in 84, and they went on to win a couple. And then it just kind of neck and neck. Georgia went up by a couple. Then Auburn went up by a couple. Okay. So, 1984. You looked at the notes. I haven't. I mean, it could be like my sack. Uh, <laughs> four sacks. Like, we've only given up. Yeah. We've, we've sacked four times. I do want to thank everybody. There we was, do not go past the line of scrimmage here. There was probably about five or six people that pointed out on multiple social media platforms. Everybody was very polite, saying like almost like, hey, man, I think you missed this. I thought this. you were wrong, too. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I missed it big time. It was a swing and miss because I read the same uh, number twice. What are you looking at? All time series? Yeah, yeah I believe. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, 1994, Georgia went six four and one with their one tie being Auburn. They tied them twenty three to twenty three. How many games in a row had Auburn won before that tie? In 1994, yeah, they were on a win streak. Was see. they were on Dye, probation? Was Pat Dye yes. the coach was after, it was after Pat Dye. Oh, yeah, you're after Pat Dye. Let's see, I think it was. Let's see, was it twenty three? They had won twenty in a row. Twenty, okay. Yeah, and they were, uh, yeah, they were on probation, and then they went to lose to Alabama the next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was down in Auburn at that game. I didn't go to the game because I was a freshman in college, and all I wanted to do was hang out at the Sigma Chi fraternity house at Auburn. Because yeah, we got in trouble because we were not initiated, but a couple of uh, us had printed up our own Sigma Chi T-shirts with the letters, so we were wearing the letters still as pledges. I didn't go over well with the brothers down at the Auburn Sigma Chi house. Wait, how did they? Do you know what donuts? Yeah, it it's me. a fraternity I thing. I don't care. We weren't initiated yet. Yeah. We were well. Pledges. They took them catfishing, and when they didn't <laughs> do it the right way, the, uh, there's this. All right, just a few more questions. 19- you know, you, people think I don't like talking about politics. You should really get me fired up about get, get a bunch of alcohol in me. Get me talking about the Greek system, and I'll have a. I will be very unpopular on I this en- podcast. <laughs> I, en- I enjoyed the Greek system. Oh, I, I, I my, met my wife through the Greek my system. My wife was in the Greek system as well. I, mean, I think it's good. Your wife was in for fraternity? Uh, she, she, was, she, was a, she was in a fraternity. It was a long time ago. College was a crazy time. I had no idea. Yeah. 1996, there were no I more. I don't even know her house. Yeah, it's fine. She knows. <clears throat> Delta Chi? Is that a house? Delta Chi? Delta yeah. Gamma? Delta, she's a, I don't know. She, no, gamma she, Delta? she was not a Delta Chi. That's a fraternity. No, then I, I, I'm Tri sure. Delt? I literally have no idea. Oh, had This is all gibberish yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. In 1996, there were no more ties in college football. Yeah, baby. What teams played the first overtime in SEC history? It was Georgia and Auburn. It was Georgia-Auburn in 1996. Robert Baker got bit, boys. <laughs> Let me get to my next question. Georgia tried... Robert Baker. Uga. Uga. Uga tried to bite an Auburn player. What was his name? Robert Baker. That's, yeah, you're right. Robert Did, Baker. What Uga number was Wait, 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 wait. Five. He's in prison now. Oh, that's not your next question? No. Oh, yeah. Was Robert, Robert Baker, Baker in now? now? Oh, yeah. I have that picture. I think every Georgia bank is it has for, it's in my office. Is it for killing dogs? No, <laughs> like he just he just was so mad. He that, was uh, he was fencing catfish. Yeah. All right, Tony. What was the final score of that game? Uh, I'm not looking it up. Fifty-two forty-six. Close. No no field goals in that game. Fifty-six to forty-nine. Okay. Torn curtsy. Robert Edwards. Torn curtsy. Yeah. Holy. Mike cow. Bobo. 
All right, final question. When was the last ever overtime college football game? I'm sorry. When was the last ever... Okay, I wrote that wrong. When was the last ever tie in college football? Because, you know, they stopped having ties, so there was that final game that ended in a tie. I'll go ahead and give it to you. It was on November 25th, 1995... Illinois at Wisconsin. I actually thought it was Illinois. I was actually about to say that. The final score was three to three. Yeah. yeah. And Illinois had Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy. That's right. Oh, my God. And they explained how it was the most disappointing thing. They couldn't even describe it. You know, it wasn't a win. I read the quick little article. Oh, my God. Illinois was five and five going for bowl eligibility, Mm -hmm. and they tied. That was you. They lost to Washington State uh, at, at Soldier Field. In the first game of the year. That was how bad of a coach Lou Tepper, the coach that was at the time. They had Simeon Lou Rice. Tepper. Simeon Rice, John Holosek, Kevin Hardy, and could not make a game. But the reason I missed that, by the way, was because uh, Kai O. I was texting my wife. My Kai wife. O. She's Kai O. Okay. Kai O. Okay. Yeah, they were right across the street from our uh, fraternity house. They were nowhere near mine. I hope you guys were quiet. So there's nowhere near my so you could study hard. All right. So um, we got some podcast reviews. We got two. Um, the first one is a five star review. It says my go-to podcast, all others. And it's funny because it cuts it off. So I can only imagine what he was saying. <laughs> all others yes. pale in comparison, something like that. But this is from dog blog. Good. Um, good catfishing takes. This is the second review. This is a five star review. Okay. Uh, he has it in quotes. It says Florida is like a little brother. Nice. Oh. I love it. That was his comment. I, I love it. Be with that, man. I got it. And that's all the comments, correct? That's all the reviews. No, no we there's got? there's one more. There's another one. There's one more podcast. No, one more. I mean, I feel like I'm so I'm on such a high from the first one <laughs> that I don't know if I need a second one. I'm yeah. so happy with how how positive the first one. I mean, like life is hard. It's hard to get. Like I work in, in media. It is hard for to get people to say nice things for you. So I feel like when someone says something nice to me, it's good to just walk off the stage and just move along with my day. Yeah. So let's do that. All right. So I'll um I'll I'm give, this give to Will you. a hug. Yeah. This is uh the 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 author wrote Will underscore Scott. Uh, maybe that's his name, Will Scott, but Seems I, I don't think so. Um, I like baseball too. The title of it <laughs> how many minutes do y'all have? Um all right, the title of it is titled Disappointed. And it's a one-star review. What? Yeah. For the record, before you read the review, yeah. do not, like, one-stars are actually damaging. Sure. Like, a bad, like, if you want to, like, if you hate us, and or if you're annoyed, no, that's not true. If you hate us, give us one star. If you legitimately hate the podcast and think this, I actually think this is a bad podcast for Georgia football fans and you shouldn't listen to it. If that's something you actually believe, you are here too far encouraged yeah. to give us one star. But if you're just annoyed about one thing that you heard, leave a comment on Instagram or send a nasty email. An actual one-star review legitimately does actually hurt. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Are they going to take GarageBand away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Apple will will vanish GarageBand. I'll have to see. I've been editing on uh, Adobe Audition, which is great because I have the Audition app and everything, but it's just not as user friendly. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is from a guy named Will underscore Scott. Allegedly. Sounds like um, he was mad. He says, I thought I found a new podcast. And then there was a whole segment where you bragged that you would boo the president to, quote, show the world we don't stand for that. That's the dumbest comment I have ever heard on a sports podcast. 
Feel for, free. For the record, I can do so much stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. He, <laughs> well, he just said that it's a new podcast. He has not been listening to us. Oh, yeah. We made I a lot of said so much. He did not see our preview of the Alabama I, game. I mean, it was, it, was new, it was new to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where was I? That's the dumbest comment I have ever heard on a sports podcast. Feel free to boo anyone you'd like, but it's the most disrespectful thing you could do to the leader of the free world. I'm not sure what it is that we don't all stand for, but as a combat veteran who was injured in Iraq, I personally I personally appreciate everything the president has done for our military, especially ending the conflicts in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria, and his decision to avoid conflicts that his opposition was begging for him in Iran. What he's done for the North Korea Peninsula is Nobel Prize worthy. If you're one of those people, in quotes, who believe he's racist and that your reason and that's your reasons, then I'd suggest you look at his support in the minority communities compared to past Republicans. As a current owner of a small trucking company, I'm I've never had an easier time feeding my family and providing opportunities for my employees. I'll give the show another shot, but in the future, do what a normal American would do, regardless of who holds the office. I've gladly cheered for President Obama the one time I was in his presence, and I can assure you, I didn't agree with anything he did during his eight years. Go dogs! First off, go dogs. Secondly, thank you for service. Yeah, obviously. Thank you for your service. The one thing I will say about that is that um, I appreciate your your approach. I firmly believe, and this is Tony. I'm the, I'm the underscore in your, your yeah. name. Yeah, he likes baseball too. Um, <laughs> I firmly believe that even though I would not be the president, though I disagree with the president, I disagree with your sentiment that he is not racist because he has demonstrated time and again he is. Um, I will say that there is far more context and far more to look at than simply whether or not uh, the President of the United States has has made your, your business better. And I'm glad that it is, because I think small businesses drive America. Um, the one last thing I would say about that is that my problem with the President of the United States is like I'm not sure he's the leader of the free world anymore, and that wasn't the case four years ago. And it wasn't the case 20 years ago. Uh, whatever. It was 30 years ago. What, whatever. But... I, I, again, I'm not trying to get. I'm trying. I'm like I. I voted for Democrats. I voted for Republicans. Donald Trump has advocated the United States' position as the leader of the free world, and that is. I. I don't know that all the, the Democrats running would would retake that, but I don't by any stretch of imagination because I think Will has the right to boo the president. That think Will thinks your service is wrong. I think that is a really false, a really big problem with our discourse now. It's a false equivalency. I don't think if you don't support the president, somehow you hate service people. Or you hate America. Or you hate the president. Right. Um, As I said, I would not boo the president. Give me 15 minutes in the room with him. I will tell him exactly how I feel. And I would say that to his face. That's just the way I stand. And I don't... Look, I appreciate your service. Thank you.
That was and nice. I appreciate you listening. And honestly, for the record, Scott, that was very nice of us to let Tony, who wasn't even mentioned in the <laughs> review, have his. No, I was underscore. I think it's funny that I got roped into it because I didn't say anything. Yeah, but maybe maybe my silence. Look, 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 Will Scott. Um, <laughs> I will say that nine times out of ten. I think what you will find that we try to do is that we try to bring smart, insightful, um, irreverent, sometimes approach to the University of Georgia football. Um, if you can't stand at a, you can't stand a tailgate and talk to people that disagree with you politically, we're not for you. I'm sorry, we're just not. Yeah. I hope we are. We we try to be that way. Um, I hope you'll continue listening because. There is a common tie that binds us. If we were all in the room together, I think we could agree with, which we love the University of Georgia. And frankly, I think that's what's going to, that's why I disagree with Will when he talks about we're in a, we're in a moment that we can't, I don't think you feel this way, right. but Will does talk about we're in a moment we can't, maybe can't pull out of. My wife I certainly wor- says that. I worry that. I would you say worry that. that. I, worry. I think we aren't because there's more that binds us together beyond that. And, and I will say, and listen, one of the many things I love about living in Athens, Georgia is like to me like when I lived in New York, like I I couldn't have found anyone that liked Trump if I searched. And to be fair, I moved in 2013, so he was just the idiot that was on television in 2013. But the point is, is if I go back to New York now, I could not have like I would I just literally wouldn't see I couldn't find anyone. If I went ten miles outside of New York, like every other city in America, I would be fine playing people. One of the things I love about living in Athens is I have. Uh, many people in my life who are on both sides of the political spectrum. And uh, it seems to go okay. <laughs> and it seems to go all right. So uh, uh, I will uh, I'll be honest with you. I would boo Donald Trump if he were sitting right in front of me right now. <laughs> uh, I would not boo. I, for the record, I would do it quietly because probably, he's probably surrounded by very large men. Uh, but, uh, uh, but for the record, I would have not booed George W. Bush. I would have not booed George H. W. Bush. I wouldn't have booed uh, Ronald Reagan because he's awesome uh, in, uh, in that Don Siegel movie. Uh, he's really good in that movie. He slaps Emily Dickinson in that movie. Not Emily Dickinson. Emily, not Emily Dickinson, for God's sake. Uh, Emily, he does not slap the poet. Angie Dickinson. Angie <laughs> Um, anyway, the point is, I also don't slap Angie or Emily Dickinson. They're both very talented people. Uh, the point is, is um, yeah, I think, uh, Scott, do you have any thoughts? So I went back and listened to it. You know, my thought is like, you know, I kind of agree. I'm glad Will said the whole review thing because we, you know, we kind of make light of it, I guess. You know, like, hey, give us a review. We'll read it. And we do. We make that promise that if you leave us an iTunes review, we're going to read it. It is. I've, I've described it before in our uh our outro is currency. It's online currency. It's not just a random tweet. It's not just a negative comment on, you know, an Instagram post. It, it lives forever. And we try, you know, we, we don't get paid for this. Sure, we have a sponsor and everything, and, and it helps a little bit just to offset the cost of our website and, and hosting fees and everything. But we take hours a week just to sit around and, and talk about Georgia football. And I do a lot of producing so I take a lot of great pride into the shows and the content we produce. I went back and listened. Will spoke for two minutes. The total show ran 96 minutes. So roughly around less than 2% of the entire show. And you, you chose to characterize it as a segment that we spent on the podcast, which was, in my opinion, completely untrue. We've done 208 episodes of this podcast. Dare say that... of the conversation is political. 
and, and if I don't know if I even left it in, but at the end, Will was like, you can cut all that political stuff out. <laughs> Will said, you can cut all this political stuff out. And I said, no, it was part of the, the narrative of the show because guess what? Donald Trump was attending an SEC football game. We didn't just pull this out to like say, all right, it's time to, to tweak people that don't agree with maybe Will's personal political beliefs. Donald Trump attended the LSU Alabama game. And guess what? He was cheered. He was cheered pretty loudly compared to the Nationals game or the UFC fight. Which it does I, help with the student government sense and the notion saying that anyone that's, that is, quote, disruptive during his visit will be lose their season tickets. Just doing that, by the way. Well, uh, I think that they wanted to kind of tamp, tamp down any animosity that yes, maybe someone which would is show. Why he got cheered. But, but anyway, I, don't, I don't know. That's not um, the only reason. That's, that's it's not, obviously not the only reason. That's not the only point. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I famously, I guess famously, infamously, I don't I don't get in political speak ever on this podcast or on social media. I'm not going to break that today. I can say that I disagree with some of the things that Will says, but yet there's some times where I'm like, you know what? He's right on point, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, send me a nasty, but I'm very available on social media. Yell at me. Don't don't yell at the podcast. Yeah. I think that's the lesson. Yeah, I think yell that's at the me. Lesson. Don't yell at the podcast. Because here's the thing: just because Will's speaking, uh, Tony Tony equally spent as much airtime saying he wouldn't boo the president, but you chose to focus on when Will said he would boo it. So anyway, we've spent way too much time on uh, a comment like that. But uh, thank you for serving our country. I'm a son of multiple veterans in my family, and um, yeah. Keep listening. Give it another chance. And uh, we will move on from there to fun office pools. I was kind of hoping we weren't going to talk about fun office pools. You know what is an upper? What? The very first position on fun office pools. Oh, man. The what? The very first position on fun office pools. Are you in first place? Man. I mean, maybe. (laughs) It's possible. Yes, maybe. It's possible. I've got to log in again because I've got my new computer and it doesn't remember. I am right here. It appears that I am in first place. Well, go ahead and lay it on me. I got to find the standings. <laughs> I moved up in the rankings. Are you on the first page? I'd have had a week. No, I'm not on the first page. So the season leader, as it stands for today, is none other than Tony Waller. He has made a run, he has 499 points. He is three whole points ahead of uh, J.T. Wallington. So I guess you're going to get the cigars. Uh, well, well if I, we I, got, we got several go. games. Yeah, I got se- several, several games. Um, Paris Walton's making a run at 491. Um, yeah, why not dogs hanging there, though? Will, what are you? I was 30-something last week. so But you had a rough week, right? Yeah, I did have a rough week, so I might be in the 40s now. I'm 122nd, so... Obviously, I did something right last week. Well, you're 41st. Yeah, I thought I felt. Our friend Edgar Smith is 64th. Oh well, I'm exactly 91 points behind Tony. So, week 12 is on uh, on tap. No, week 13 is this week 13. No, it's week 12. It's week. It's the week you say. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the the Big Ten. We got number 24 Indiana at number nine Penn State. I will say I left off a couple of key SEC games because they were 25 point. Right. Spreads. I'm just not doing that. Um, I would say on this one, I would. I I love Indiana. I I find them fun. Uh, this feels like Penn State. Penn State's got too much talent. This is not a game after the frustration last week. They're going to take lightly. They still theoretically have everything in front of them. This is kind of the thing about Penn State losing that game. Is if they win this game, if they can win out and beat Ohio, uh, beat Ohio State, and then beat Minnesota again. 
they will have a case to make the playoff. They're not letting Indiana stand in their way. I think Penn State. Agree. Um, Michigan State at Michigan. Oh wow, that's a that that usually happens at the beginning of the season, doesn't it? Michigan State, Michigan. Yeah. No, it's it's usually later. I thought it was like uh, Iowa, Iowa State. All right, so yeah, uh, no, Alaska is always early. You think um, you think Michigan State's going to let Illinois beat them twice? <laughs> I don't think they would have won this game anyway. For the record, Michigan State won that game. Like they didn't, but they did. Yeah, if I you think, go read the gamer, like nineteen things yeah. happened. None of them good for Illinois. Bill Connolly had a wonderful thing about this. What was their post game win percentage? One hundred, because Illinois won. No, no, you know how you were famously touting <laughs> yeah, this. They up. haven't, they haven't posted it yet, but yeah. They're going to get, I mean, the Illinois mid, was close. Mid 20s for yeah. Illinois? Yeah. I, I, tops. Like, Illinois did everything wrong. So everything you think it was more than South Carolina's post game win percentage? Yeah. No, probably a little less. Yeah. I bet not. Illinois was. So you're all picking just, Michigan? I'm yeah, picking Michigan. I just have to. Okay. Uh, Navy at Notre Dame. Notre Dame. They're only favored by nine and a half. I mean, Navy is. Navy's tr- ranked 21st. Yeah. Navy is tricky. Uh, they look there. There's a world where they hold that last bowl pick for mm-hmm. the group of five until after Army Navy. Wow, that'd be impressive, right? Because Navy Navy's also ranked in the college football playoff rankings. So there's no way a disappointed Georgia could end up in a New Year Six bowl and play Navy. I mean, that's going to be the Cotton Bowl. Right now, it looks like the loser of Oklahoma. Baylor. How quickly could you get out to Dallas if Georgia was playing Navy in a in the Cotton Bowl? Well, I mean, I if we play in the Cotton Bowl, I go. Yeah. but it's not going to happen. All right, uh, Law Monroe at Georgia Southern. I, I mean, I, I think Southern wins this game, but Law Monroe is tough. Okay, I will take Georgia Southern. Yeah, uh, Minnesota ranked number seven. That's still crazy to look at. At uh, weird, how is Iowa ranked? They're six and three. I, I said earlier before you got here that uh, I had an upset special. I think the Hawkeyes win this ball game. I can totally see it. Yeah, I can totally see it. I this, think in a, in, a, in a weird kind of way, obviously Iowa's not as good as Penn State, but you could argue this is almost just as big of a challenge because it's one thing when everybody is so amped. And you saw them at the beginning of that game. Minnesota was flying out of the gate. Yeah, like they, they had everyone was going crazy. Really, that entire there was so much emotion. It's not going to be like that for this game. <laughs> the, the, the reason I say that is that I was much more like, and they don't run the football like Georgia Southern does or like South Dakota State does, but they want to slow the game down. They want to punch you in the face. Penn State, Penn State basically mirrored the game, or Minnesota mirrored the game that Penn State played, and they won that game. I think Iowa slows this game down, frustrates them, and wins. I am picking Minnesota, but I'm a little worried that you're right. All right, Oklahoma Baylor. This could be a game they play in a few weeks from now. Can I say I think Oklahoma is going to kill them? <laughs> I have to say I think Oklahoma might kill them in this game. I I, I know that Oklahoma is wobbly, and obviously you can't lose to Iowa State like that. I don't. Baylor should have lost to TCU. Yeah, they and West Virginia should have lost uh, to TCU. And TCU has been a bummer kind of all year. I think Oklahoma kind of asserts itself, particularly now that they're still hanging around the playoff race. Uh, I think they win this big. Baylor comes crashing to the ground. Uh, look, take nothing away from Matt Rule. What he's done there. Hey, is this incredible. is what we said about Minnesota last week, for the right. record. Like, uh, everyone said about Minnesota last week. But. Does Missouri lose its fourth game in a row? Who are they playing? Florida. Yes. Yeah. 
At, they're at home. They're Although, if they beat Florida, oh boy, that'd be fun. I like to know, by the way, brief thing about Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Matt was here visiting this weekend. It was funny because, you know, I would say a month ago, he was full of like self righteous fury about the NCAA and could not believe the situation that they were putting, being, putting Missouri in. He's quieter about it now. You know what? See, I say you fight just as hard. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if he's like, no, we are getting in the quick lane bolt. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Kentucky is dangerously close to not being bowl eligible. And Kentucky certainly isn't. I mean, Vandy certainly no, isn't. No, no, they're out of it. I mean, Kentucky is just that much yeah, better than Kentucky. Vanderbilt. The Sprouting game's really crazy close, though, right? Uh, yeah, like eight, four? eight and a half. Oh, it's eight and a half? I mean, oh, close enough. Uh, okay, South Carolina, another team that's dangerous that probably won't go bowling is uh, at College Station, uh, Texas A&M. Oof. South Carolina's turned 4-8 in the face. Yeah. And guys, we're the gateway drug for them. <laughs> I mean, look, the Georgia wins saves Will Muschamp's job. Because they go 3-9. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whew, it's totally right. A&M wins. Obviously, Texas A&M. And then uh, Georgia travels down to Jordan-Hare. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. CBS... Kickoff next week will also be CBS kickoff. Uh, I guess I'll start. I've been to many of these games down there at Auburn. I enjoy the road trip. I, I don't really hate the campus. I think it's uh, fine. I, you know, I know we like to make fun of uh, Auburn fans and Auburn players and situations and everything, but uh, it's a good road trip for a Georgia fan. Um, this game's been competitive. I mean, anybody can look at the winsopedia.com, which is one of my favorite sites, by the way and see that it's kind of a seesaw back and forth if you look at the past 30 years of history in this game. Uh, Georgia's had Auburn's number the past couple years, except that one loss in 2017 when they were at Jordan-Hare. But I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be – I mean, Georgia last year was beating everybody by two touchdowns. This year, not so much. Um, But I think it's going to be similar to the past couple games we've seen. I mean, last week I was – Disappointed, Will heard me yelling at the two-point conversion. I was hoping we were going to miss it. Not because of any – yeah, Tony's giving me a strange look. Because I predicted Georgia would score 25 points. <laughs> so they were at 25, and I was like, miss it. Um, I think it's going to be something in the 20s. I think Georgia probably keeps it close. or I mean, I'm sorry. I think Auburn keeps it close, and uh, Georgia pulls it out in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a nail-biter. Georgia wins 24-20. to 20. I would like to see – Georgia assert itself in a way that we have not seen it assert itself this year in this game. Uh, I do not think this is a great Auburn team. I think they're good. Uh, but I feel like I'm a little worried about this game in two years when Nix is older and is and a lot, and they've got more wide receivers and they've got more talent. This worries me a lot in two years, but frankly, a lot of things worry me a lot in two years. Um, I would say that if Georgia is going to make this run that we're all kind of twisting ourselves into pretzels into saying, you know, everything's still in front of them. South Carolina, they, they count about big wins more than they care about bad losses. Uh, this is, they need to start like showing that. Yes, that's true. Georgia is, if Georgia wins out, it is overwhelming odds that they're going to make the playoff. Uh, they need to show me that they can do that and they need to probably start now. I think they do. I have to say, I'm actually up on them in a way that 
I, I don't think this is a blowout, but I do think Georgia starts to separate itself a little bit and starts to become the team that we expect it to be. I'm going to pick Georgia 27, Auburn 10. <laughs> love it. I love the shade. Yeah, You know, one of the things when you were sitting here talking just now I was thinking about is that if both coaches had their way, this would look like two fat guys tied together with belt punching each other in the face. And which, by the way, is not the direction football is going right now. Like, well, no, like no. If, if you if you like shiny, pretty, flashy f- offense, uh, <laughs> like LSU and Alabama and, and Ohio State and, and Clemson, Clemson. Yeah. yes. Um, so, you know, I, I keep thinking about the over under on this game, which is forty five and a half. And I mean, I don't, I do not bet on Georgia because I, I, I would just go and throw money in the street before I do that. But it feels like the under is safe in this game, which leads me to, okay, where do we end? I think Georgia's defense is good enough to make Malzahn get desperate in a way that leads to some crazy something something where the where Georgia's defense. You actually, famously talked about in the, that in the past, where Malzahn gets in his own way. Right, Mal, where Malzahn gets in his own way. This is this feels like a game where he does right, where he either gets too cute for his own good or does something. N- nothing, nothing terrible where you know they only score four points or six points or whatever, um, but enough that Georgia Georgia never really feels like they're in control of the game. Uh, in a way that that I think Will feels like, but also never in a way where we think, wow, this is going the wrong direction. I'm willing to say Georgia easily covers the spread, which is, what, three and a half points or something, um, and wins 27-16. And and for a change, you know, Auburn's the one that kicks a bunch of field goals with a Carlson who's been there nine years. Yeah, I didn't know the over-under until you said it. I was right on the number. Were you? Ba- I mean, basically, I have mine total, my total is 44. Yeah, 27, 27, 16, that's 43, right? I did the math right. Yeah. I, I mean, I did it my my phone like four times to make sure I wasn't <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so so Will, Will has the over and we have the under. No, Will has I'm the under. under. Yeah, we all have the under. Oh, okay. Well, you, you hit the number. No, you have 45. You're under. So, yeah. So this feels, this does feel like. Maybe they'll surprise game. us and win. 42 to nothing. That'd be fun. Sling the ball around the yard. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. All right. So, okay. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. But keep listening. Don't just stop listening because the review thing went so long and we are sorry about that. Um, but I'll cut it. <laughs> I'll cut some of it. Will Scott, come to the post game thing. Yeah. Will and George <laughs> Scott. And, um, but um, anyway, uh, otherwise, uh, stay tuned for some of the Texas AM game afterwards. And otherwise, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I'd also like to give one last thank you to all of you who entered our giveaway on Instagram that we did with Hotel Indigo of Athens. Congrats to Billy and Camille for winning some prizes and stay tuned for more cool ways to win things throughout the year. Make sure to stop by our podcast partners restaurants, whether it's tacos on the lawn at El Barrio, 
flatbreads from the wood-fired oven at the Pine or the chicken fingers that I've been talking about all season and nobody's tweeted me about it, the chicken fingers at the 11th pin located in Showtime Bowl. Let us know where you end up and tweet us a pic if you go there. Maybe the menu, what you order, give us an opinion of some sort. And if you're on Twitter, you can hit us up at WSLS Podcast. And we'll be back on Sunday with our Georgia-Auburn postgame show. And stay tuned after or during that show. Stay tuned. Not right now. We're not going to announce. But stay tuned to find out where we'll be doing our annual listener meetup. It'll be somewhere in Athens and after the Texas A&M game on November 23rd. Have a great rest of your week. Safe travels down to Auburn for all you road dogs, and we'll see you on campus next Saturday. And as always, go dogs.